welcome to another episode of Not Too Preachy, where you can be inspired, informed, convicted, and comforted all from the Word of God, just not too preachy. I know it sounds a little muffled and crazy, but you know why. That is because I have on my mask tonight. I do. My name is JB. I'm your host, and it'll just be me tonight. We don't have any special guests tonight. Um, I want to give a couple of shout-outs. Mind if I go ahead and pull that down? Great. Going to give a couple of shout-outs as we go ahead and get started. Uh, I don't know if they're on, if they'll see this, but happy birthday to uh, one of my uh, good young friends, uh, Lil Brent Gilmore, Lil Brent as we know him. Happy birthday, Brent. Uh, one of my friends I grew up in the church, Latoya Green. Happy birthday, Latoya. And then my big cousin, uh, all the way from Kansas City. When I say big, I mean big. We're talking like six, eight big. Uh, my cousin, Michael Moore. Happy birthday to you, brother. Finish up some shout-outs real quickly uh, to all the good police officers that are out there on the front lines, still serving, uh, still trying to um, do their job and protect us uh, from those who will want to harm us. Uh, I want to say thank you to those. I want to give a shout-out to some of the ones that I'm, that I'm cool with that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, my good brother and friend, uh, Kevin Williams, uh, the Missouri City Police Department. I appreciate your service. Um, my good friend, Tree Etienne, or Catrice is, what, is her name, but well, we call her Tree, over oh, with the Sheriff's Department. Uh, thank you for your service. And my cousin and frat brother, Imante McMillan, uh, I think he's with the Houston Police Department. Man, we thank you for your service. Not just those guys, but everybody that's still out there doing the job of law enforcement in these times. We thank you, and we really appreciate you uh, for being good officers, good police officers. Shout out. To all you new TikTok users, yes, I'm talking to you who have started your dances and done all of the challenges that uh, I'm not really apt to do. My daughter's trying to teach me, but it's just not going well. Um, want to give a shout out to all the people working on their summer bodies. I see you all on Facebook and Instagram doing your workouts and you in the garage with your makeshift gyms and you're hitting your one, two, threes. And I got a friend of mine said, hey, I was on the hill today. And I was getting it in on the hill. So, hey, get it in on the hill all the way in Sunnyside. Do what you got to do. Work on that summer body. Uh, all my, my brothers that are out there doing the push-up challenges, trying to get right for the summer. The question is, are we going to see summer? I mean, I know the season will be here, but are we going to be able to go outside for the summer? I sure hope so. Hope this thing passes. Um, shout out to all you parents who are allowing their kids to be creative with their time and not just bog them down with academic work. Sure, it's necessary, uh, but I want to say shout out to all you parents who are allowing your kids to express their creativity. You see, I'm wearing mine tonight. This is my handmade out of my dresser drawer from my daughter, Corona mask. And I like it. And she made one for her mother. And she made one for herself. And I think she was about to make one for my mother-in-law. I don't think we got that far. Uh, and suddenly my son was like, where's my mask? Didn't get a mask, bro. Sorry to hear that. But I have mine and she gave it to me. But uh, this is her being creative. And my kids are very creative. Uh, with that being said, yes, you can tell them. I made Lucky Charms pancakes. She did make Lucky Charms pancakes, and they were actually 
pretty good, even though I'm not a fan of Lucky Charms, but I ate one with a little bit of powdered sugar. It was sweet, but it was good. Very creative. Um, so, again, shout out to you parents that are letting your kids be creative. But let's, let's talk about kids for a second. I am vexed. Squarely vexed. Sincerely, truly vexed. Let me, let me talk to us for a quick second, and maybe you can identify um, with me in this situation. Uh, many of us are working from home now, and um, we are uh, on our online teaching and meetings, right? Um, and we are trying to navigate how to be good employees and good teachers and good counselors or whatever it is, how to do these things, man, and we're in our online meetings, and uh, we're, we're, we're trying to um, learn how to, you know, do this corona work thing, right? And a lot of us are struggling, but we're figuring it out, right? But how many of you all have had this? Those of you who have kids are inside your house, and you're trying to do your online meeting, and then your kids just pop up, and then... They just stand there. And they see people on your screen. Uh, and they're just looking at you. And you're looking at them because your camera is off. But your volume is on. But you're on mute. And they just stand there. And then out of nowhere, just start asking questions. Can I do that? Can I do, can I do? And then you'll point to your headphones or point to your screen. I'm in a meeting. I'm in a meeting. To let them know in a meeting. But they just stand there as if what you're doing doesn't even exist. And the thing about it is, that's nothing new. It just now is happening in front of the computer because how many of you that have kids around do that while you're on the phone? As soon as you get on the phone, mom, daddy, can I, da, 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 and you'll point to your ear, you say, I'm on the phone, I'm on the phone, you mouth it, I'm on the phone, and they just stand there looking at you, still trying to talk to you. Don't you see, I'm on the phone, I am in a meeting, why are you bothering me at this time? Does it have to happen right now? And normally something about, Lucky Charm pancakes that doesn't have anything to do with what's going on at the very moment. And you started trying to talk to me about whatever it is that you think is important. And if I flip this camera on, my boss is going to realize that I haven't brushed my teeth. I'm still in my pajamas. I'm trying to pay attention because I just woke up. And you trying to talk to me about some doggone Lucky Charms and some Frosted Flakes with no milk. Leave me alone. I'm on the phone. I'm in a meeting. Just, I'm, look, I'm vexed. And that vexes me. Let's press on forward tonight. I'm not going to hold you very long. I want to talk to talk through um, a particular thing. Uh, we just got through celebrating uh, Palm Sunday and then Good Friday. And then this Sunday was Resurrection. I really hope that you had a great time with your family um, and with your friends, whether you were able to visit with them in person or online. I hope you had a good time. Uh, we did. Uh, but... The great thing about the resurrection, of course, we know that is the pinnacle moment for the Christian because if Christ is not raised, then our faith is in vain and our preaching is in vain and we're still in our sins. But he did indeed get up from the grave and was resurrected with all power in his hands. But I want to talk about this tedious journey. Now, y'all see the title, While I'm on this tedious journey. So let me explain tedious. If you, if you grew up in church or you listen to any old church music, there's an old song called Walk With Me. Walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. You know, and then they say this part, while I'm on this tedious journey. Walk with me, tedious. 
Um, be clear, tedious is not a word. The word is actually tedious, but depending on where you go for church and who's singing it, it could be tedious. But that's what we're talking about tonight. Walk with me while I'm on this tedious journey. And I'm going to keep saying tedious because that's, that's, that's what I grew up saying. <laughs> tedious. We're going to look at uh, the day of resurrection, resurrection day uh, from Luke chapter 24. This is where it's recorded. And this is Jesus on the road to Emmaus. So Jesus has been resurrected. Uh, the women have already been to the tomb to find that the tomb was empty. Um, they went back to tell uh, the 11 disciples. Peter then ran to find, find the same thing, that the tomb was indeed empty. And he kind of went away amazed and perplexed at the same time. That same day, you have an instance where two men are walking from Jerusalem to a village called Emmaus. It's about a seven-mile walk. And as they're walking, these two men, Cleopas being one of them, are having a conversation about all that had happened. And we're kind of sad about it. And um, Jesus just happened to join them in this walk. Uh, but they didn't recognize him. The Bible says that they were prevented from recognizing him. But they didn't recognize him on this walk just yet. So they're walking with Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, man, why are you so sad? What's been going on? And then uh, they are like, um, where are you from? Uh, are you a visitor? You have no idea what's going on. Everybody knows what just happened. Well, what happened? Well, the men said that Jesus from Nazareth uh, was a prophet. Listen to what they said about him. He's a prophet, mighty in word and deed before man and God. That's what the Bible says. That he, that, that they, that's what they said. He's a prophet. And uh, our rulers, our Jewish rulers, sentenced him to execution. He was crucified. And what makes it worse is we thought he was going to be the one to redeem Israel. And it's been three days. Some women went to the tomb, said his body wasn't there. And then some of the others, they're talking about the apostles, had the same report that the body's not there. And, and here we are on the third day. So a couple of things I want to point out there just in the scripture before we press on is what they called him as simply just a prophet. Simply just a prophet. Uh, when Jesus has been pressing through his entire ministry that he is indeed Messiah, he's the son of God and not just a prophet. Because if he's just a prophet, then he's no different than Jeremiah. If he's just a prophet, he's no different than Amos. If he's just a prophet, he's no different than Zechariah. If he's just a prophet, he's no different than Isaiah. If he's just a prophet, he's no different than John the Baptist. You remember that time when Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say Isaiah, some say Elijah, some say John the Baptist, some say Jeremiah, some say... Uh, one of the other prophets. And then he said, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the, uh, the Christ, the son of the living God. And so here we have some followers. They were not part of the 11 apostles, but they are some followers. And they identified him as a prophet. And so they're still not clear what's going on. They're thinking he's coming to redeem Israel with the earthly kingdom. So these followers are still not clear on what's going on. But what they did here is that Jesus had said that on the third day, I'm going to rise. I'm not going to even be in this grave. That's where this third day situation comes in. And here we are the third day, and we're not sure what's going on because they say there's nobody there. The women say it. The brothers say it. And now we're, just, we're, going, to, we're going to the next village, man. We're going to take a walk. And so this, this is what Jesus does. This is what Jesus does. <clears throat> they still don't know that it's him. And he calls them out on their faith. He actually calls them 
foolish. How foolish of you not to believe, not even what he said as Jesus the Christ, but what the prophets have already said about him. And that's the problem that he addresses. The problem with these men that's, that he's walking with on this tedious journey is their faith. So what does Jesus do for them to solve this issue of the faith? He preaches to them. While they walk on this journey, he preaches himself. From Moses through the prophets, he explains what the scriptures had to say about who he is. And so they get to Emmaus and uh, the guys that he was walking with, Cleopas and the other guy, the followers, convinced Jesus to stick around. Hey, come on, man, stick around, have a meal, it's getting late. Sit down and eat with us. And if you know anything about uh, Hebrew culture, that Hebrews, Jews, don't eat with just anybody. As a matter of fact, that's something that I've kind of picked up. Like, I'm very careful who I sit down at the table with. That, that says a certain amount of intimacy that goes there. Uh, and so Jesus relented and sat down and started to break. He blessed the bread and then he started to break the bread. And as soon as he broke the bread, they recognized who Jesus is. And when they recognized him, then he vanished and he was gone. And then their response to Jesus walking with them on the way and even breaking bread, they said, didn't our hearts burn within us while Jesus spoke the scriptures while we were walking? Didn't our hearts burn while the man of God spoke with us along the way? That's the, that's the, that's the bulk of the story in, in, in this pericope. people. So what? What does that even matter? Are there any things that we can gain that matter to us right now? Sure, here's one. And I have a couple and then we'll be done. Here's one. Jesus is with us even when we don't know that he's with us. He's with us on our journey, walking with us even when we are unaware. As we go about our day and we go about our life and sometimes we feel both alone and lonely, but he's actually with us. That's a part of his nature. He's omnipresent. And so that means he is with us. As a matter of fact, his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. As a matter of fact, that's also a promise. He promised never to leave nor forsake us. And so I know there are times in our lives where we feel both lonely and alone, like nobody's there for us, nobody wants to talk with us, nobody wants to walk with us on this tedious journey, or tedious journey, or whatever you want to call it, I prefer tedious, that he is indeed with us on our journey, even when we don't know that he's there, even when we don't feel his presence. I know that there have been times in my life where I've gone about the business of the day, or the week, or the month, and I don't always feel his presence, but his presence is not predicated on how I feel, his presence is a fact. He is with us even when we don't know it. How about this one? Some of us may be unsure how to describe who Jesus is or even what we believe about him or the report that's in the word of God. Like we struggle with that sometimes. Like the Bible may be complicated or explaining Jesus, uh, born of a virgin, uh, uh, baptized in the Jordan, reared in Nazareth, performed miracles in the dead place, all of these things and trying to explain that sometimes can be difficult because uh, it's 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 a, it's complicated. It can be complicated. Though it's the, the, it may seem simple to some, it may be complicated to others. But let me let me say something to you as we as we look at these men that were walking with Jesus. Understand that they were actually eyewitnesses on some of the things that Jesus did, and they still weren't clear. 
can I can I say this to you? Don't beat yourself up if you're not crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's as it relates to the Bible and Christianity and what it is that we believe or what it is that we say we believe. Uh, a lot of what you hear fancy words and preachers talking about comes from uh, years and years of studying and spending time in, in dusty libraries and reading through commentary of old theologians uh, that have worked this stuff and, and worked through this kind of stuff. But stop beating yourself up because what will happen is because you feel like you don't know enough or understand the entire story, it'll keep you from telling your story and it'll keep you from witnessing or keep you from telling somebody or even bringing it up because you're afraid that you don't know enough. But uh, stop beating yourself up because that's something that actually can be dealt with when we don't feel like we are clear on who Jesus is uh, and, and what it is that the Bible has to say about him. You can deal with that. But the big, and, and that's not the big problem. The bigger problem in this, and Jesus addressed it with the men, and I think he addresses it with us, is our faith. What we say we believe versus what we actually believe. And it shows up in our actions. It shows up in our emotions. Uh, it, it shows up in everything that we do from, from giving our time to giving our, our, our money uh, to giving our talent in different areas for the kingdom of God to worrying, to self-pitying, to hanging our head. It's a reflection of what we actually believe about how big God is or who Jesus is. It's not so much that we don't know enough about him intellectually, sometimes it's just a problem of our faith. Like we don't struggle sitting in chairs because we trust chairs. So you don't check the chair and say, do I know enough about the architect of the chair or the builder of the chair? Let me look at the tag and call the number to see if the chair is actually coming from a reputable place. We don't check that. Uh, we, don't, we don't check the side of our, our toothbrush, the things uh, and the toothpaste and the things that we put into our mouth every morning to make sure that our mouth is clean and we don't know how clean it's supposed to be or how clean it actually is. We're just trusting what it says in the package, what we've seen on the commercial, if we're using soft bristles or medium bristles. Our problem is our faith and what we believe. Let me tell you a couple of things that can happen. Look, faith can actually make miracles happen. Here, here, here's one, here's one. Uh, remember the woman with the issue of blood and she fought through the crowd and grabbed the hem of Jesus' garment? She was healed. The, the, the bleeding stopped. But when Jesus talked to her, he said, your faith has made you whole. Now, I'm not talking about uh, cheap faith. You know, uh, put your hand on it and, and it's mine. That kind, that kind of thing. But this faith it's, it's something, it was, was something special um, from this woman that I don't think can be manufactured into something uh, that has to do with creature comforts. Uh, Jesus felt virtue come out of him, but he connected her wholeness to her faith. The other thing that can happen is your lack of faith, can, your, your faith can prevent miracles from actually happen, happening. Uh, there was a moment in the Bible where Jesus had gone to his hometown and, you know, he's already in his ministry. And they're saying, isn't that Jesus from around the corner? Um, isn't that Mary's son? That's Joseph, the carpenter's son. And he would have done miracles, the Bible said. He would have done many miracles, but he could not do many miracles because of their lack of what? Faith. Faith. 
is a very strong issue. Remember the man who brought his son uh, to Jesus that was at the bottom of the mountain of transfiguration. The disciples couldn't do anything with him. And uh, Jesus asked that man, do you believe? And the father said, I believe, but he said, help my unbelief, the faith where I'm struggling. Uh, here's another one. Remember when uh, Jesus was on the boat and he was asleep and the storm and the wind started to blow and the disciples were trying to get the water out of the boat and they went and woke Jesus up and said, Master, don't you care that we're perishing? And Jesus got up and spoke to the wind and the waves and said, Peace, be still. He solved, the, he solved what they thought was the problem, but he rebuked them for the real problem. And he said, Where's your faith? Essentially, I'm in the boat with you. I told you we're going to the other side. Why are you having a hard time believing? So sometimes, and I think a lot of times, the issue is our faith. But there's a solution to our issues of faith. And it's the same thing that Jesus did with the men that he's exhorting us to do right here. The solution to our faith you can find in Romans 10 chapter 17, or our problem with faith, that is. In Romans 10, 10, chapter 17, it says these words, faith cometh by hearing. That's the King James Version, cometh. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Hear that again. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Well, hearing what? The word of Christ. In this day and time, where are we getting the word of Christ? Well, one, you have your Bible. And so you want to increase your faith, then you need to get in the book. Um, preaching, being around good, sound, biblical preaching. Good, sound, biblical preaching. Not just any kind of preaching. Hear this good. Good, sound, biblical preaching will help to strengthen our faith. Being around good, sound, biblical teaching in small groups and Sunday school classes and, and even online classes and online groups, and, and really it's inexhaustible right now because everybody's doing something on social media, find good, strong, biblical preaching, find good, strong, biblical teaching, and then be like the Bereans and study the word for yourself. This will help and strengthen your faith. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. But then there's also hearing the testimony of other believers who have walked this teacher's journey with Jesus Christ and found him to be faithful, found it to be true that he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil because thou art with me. That's David talking about the father being with him and believers have found that to be true. We're hearing the testimony of believers who have walked this journey with the Lord for some time will help to strengthen your faith. But even hearing your own story, when was the last time you talk to yourself about what God has done for you in your life, where you know that there are those moments that if God had not come through, then you would be in trouble. You'd be in a real deal. You'd be in a real pickle if God had not come through or he did something special that was unbelievable that you didn't necessarily need, but he just threw some lanyard on top of your life. That's a little extra on top of your life. He sprinkled a little grace on top of your life when you were not expecting it because, of course, we don't feel like we deserve it, but he did it for you anyway. It wasn't a rescue moment. It was a blessing moment. Here's something weird to do. How about you record your testimony on your smart device, on your phone, and then every once in a while when you start to struggle with your faith, play it back and hear yourself. 
or the story that you heard from Big Mama or the story that you heard from Uncle Ray Ray. Tell those stories in your phone, record them, then play them back for yourself. And the testimony of those who have walked on this tedious journey with the Lord will help to strengthen your faith. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of Christ. Then this last thing I want you to see is the intimacy that we need to have with the Lord. This intimacy will set your very soul on fire. They were sitting down breaking bread with Jesus. And when he did something familiar, they probably seen him break bread before. Maybe they saw him break bread when he fed the 5,000. They said, ain't nobody breaking bread like that. Maybe they saw him break bread when he fed the 4,000. Ain't nobody break bread like that. Maybe they celebrated the Passover with him before, prior to Good Friday, and says, nobody breaks bread like that. And their eyes were open when he broke bread. That means they had been in intimate fellowship with the Lord and are currently in intimate fellowship with him. Sit with him. Get quiet somewhere. Sometimes you need to stop walking and just sit in his presence. Welcome him in. Allow him to come and sit with you wherever you are and watch him set your soul on fire. Watch this. Uh, 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 sit, sit with him in the car and get intimate. Uh, uh, sit with him at the foot of the bed and get intimate. Sit with him on the couch. Take him to your job and sit with him at your desk or in your workspace at home. Sit with him and get intimate with the Lord and watch him set your soul on fire. Now, what does a soul or a heart on fire look like? Well, it looks like what they did if you read the rest of 24. After they had that breaking of bread with Jesus and they said, did not our heart burn? They ran and told that they had seen the risen Lord. They ran and told it. And when you have that kind of intimacy with the Lord and that kind of intimate fellowship with the Lord, then you're going to get a case of the can't help it. That's it's what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah said, I, I, I didn't want to talk about it anymore. I tried not to say anything about him. I didn't want to mention his name anymore. But the more I tried to keep it quiet, the more it burned on the inside. This is what he said. It was like fire shut up in my bones and I could not contain it. That's what an intimate experience can do with you. It can set your soul on fire. Got two words for you tonight. Burning hearts. Let's rekindle that fire that we had for the Lord. Or let's put some more wood on the fire that we have and, and make it bigger. And through intimacy and through spending time with him in his word. Spending time with him in prayer, talking to him and walking with him. Now, when you walk with the Lord, I understand something. He's good, but he's not always safe. So get ready for the ride. But he promised to protect us as well. That he won't let us go anywhere where his grace and mercy can't keep us. Burning hearts. Two words for tonight. Make sure uh, that you go and subscribe to the, um, the podcast. Uh, I am on, what is it, Spotify. I am on Apple, iTunes, and on Anchor. So if um, you want to get away from the screen and you just want to listen to it while you ride, please go and subscribe uh, to the podcast. I'm on Google as well. Make sure you tune in next week um, as we talk about Jesus and his ascension and that whole story right there. 
And next week, I plan to welcome another guest, uh, my second guest, Phoenix Johnson, uh, Cherie Johnson, will be in. I call her Phoenix. That's what we, we uh, just, Phoenix Johnson. Uh, she'll be in, and you want to talk about somebody whose heart is burning for the Lord. She is on fire, and she serves over at the Luke uh, Church in Humble, Texas. And I guarantee you, you do not want to miss next week. It's going to be, I, I don't even want to say because it's going to be something that I'm not ready for. But I'm going to get prayed up and get ready. I'm glad you all came tonight. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. And um, look out for flying monkeys. My daughter says they're really feisty. Y'all have a good night. Peace.